Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to episode 76 of Five Yard College. Once again, Ash is somewhere in Middle Earth. Apparently, it's his last working day before Christmas. This is becoming a regular occurrence, so I can only presume he's joining a guild of elves or something. That's all I can all I can come up with. But again, I'm not on my own. George's back once again. The Pac-12 is going to get some love. Welcome back, man. How you doing? Yeah, thank you for having me here. I'm good, thank you very much. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, um, I'm muddling through. It's not common knowledge, but we, uh, my wife had a family tragedy last week, hence the reason for no show. That was on me. I kept pushing it back, trying to get a date, and the three of us, because George was always on the show last week, this week, couldn't get a date that fitted. So we pushed it to today. You are going to get two this week. There will be Ash and I on Wednesday. Ash is out fighting orcs or something again in Middle Earth before Christmas, so it's just me and George, as I mentioned. We've got loads and loads to talk about. Obviously, the Heisman, we've got championship conference games to go through. So much transfer news, so much coaching news, so much recruitment news. It's just news, news, news. It's like the six o'clock news on the BBC, except it's ten past eight on a Monday night. Um, George. Let's let's talk about uh, the Pac-12 championship game. Let's get the love out of the way early doors. Utah blew Oregon away again, 38-10. Talk to me, man. Tell me what happened in this game. Yeah, um, I think even... I suppose surprise is a bit 
over the top. Like I, I wasn't saying that I don't think Utah were going to win, but I thought we were going to be a lot closer. I, I thought Oregon had, had learned from mistakes and Utah just blew them out of water again on, on defense, just didn't let them run the ball. But it, but even it were like they gave up on running the ball. Like we, we know that Oregon have run the ball so well over the season. It's gotten to this point, obviously with a couple of losses, but he, you know, they've run the ball well. Anthony Brown, like I hate being that type of person. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not that type of guy to like really go into players, but he hasn't been the guy. For, he hasn't been someone who's able to win Oregon games. Nope. And relied on CJ Vidal, obviously got injured, and then obviously Travis Dye has taken over and done well. And they seem to just give up on the run game early on. I know it's it's hard when you go 21 points down, but we know in college you can still play the run game a bit, and they just give up on it. And Anthony Brown couldn't get going against this Utah defense, who were excellent again. You know, they've, they've, it just makes me think if they didn't have them early three or four games with Charlie Brewer. What 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 record they would have had because obviously they lost to BYU and um, was it San Diego State I think it was um, the, the second loss early on um, some if it, I think it might have been San Diego State um, it could have been different you know once um, once the um, once they sorted that out the quarterback situation it's uh, it's just it's just been brilliant they've been the best team in the Pac twelve by by a mile you know like and. They've been good to watch, especially Devin Lloyd and the defense, you know, and they've, and they've got good some good true freshmen and freshmen there as well. So we'll be seeing a lot more of them next year, you know, if a winning conference, you know, winning conference team like that. They'll they'll bring if Cal Whittingham stays, they'll be bringing in more players as well, you know, but people will be wanting to come to Utah. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Once Cam Rising got in, and it, it really changed, and they. Because obviously, I don't know whether you did stay up for it, George. You said in the group chat you were going to wake up for it and watch it. Did you do that or did you catch the highlights? I had a couple, I had a two or three hours before, got up for it, watched it, and then I had a nice two or three hours after and tired all Saturday, but worth it. <laughs> for a blowout. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it's about, Rush Nation, right there. Jordan is Pac 12. He got up in the middle of the night, sandwich, a sleep sandwich of the Pac 12 Conference Championship game. I, I watched the highlights and. Utah defense was just fast straight away. It was just bang, 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 bang. Like everything was to the ball, to the ball, to the ball. And it made Oregon give up on the run. And yeah, Thomas just was Thomas on the day for, for Utah and was really, really good. He looks like a great prospect, Tavon Thomas. So we'll see what, what happens there. George, we've got lots and lots of news. I do want to say, Rush Nation, if you are watching this on YouTube or Facebook or even Twitter once the link gets tweeted out, if you go over to YouTube, hit the bell, hit the like notification, you won't miss us when we go live. So right now, you could be watching on YouTube, you could be joining the party, commenting on the on the podcast or, or the live stream, as it were. So it doesn't take two seconds. If you're going to watch it anyway, head over to YouTube, hit the notification, and you know when we are live. George Heisman's been gone happened uh saturday night after the armed forces bowl i believe yeah saturday is it well, it's saturday our night oh it's sunday early morning something like that anyway i always get mixed up with times when it comes to that. i mean i was sleeping so it was night time yeah <laughs> it was dark it was dark although it is dark pretty much all day every day here right now in the uk and bryce young won the Heisman Trophy, not really a surprise after perhaps Kenny Pickett and uh, CJ Stroud were mentioned earlier on in the year. But once Bryce Young had, had got, I don't know, within 
striking distance of the Georgia game, it was pretty matched up, and then the Georgia game came, and it was that was it. Bryce Young wrapped it up, and it, he the first year starter has made it two bammers in a row following Devonta Smith winning it last year. So, do you think do you think he was the rightful Heisman winner? Obviously, he beat out Michigan's defensive agent Hutchinson by over 600 votes, which is massive. Do you think it should have gone anywhere else? Maybe Kenny Pickett for the year he had a pit, or was it the right call? I, me, personally, I think it was the right call. I think you, you said it right, Stocks. If there were any doubt before, I think it was, it, it was that Georgia game, you know, the way he played. I know, like, um, people say that, like, obviously the system for um, Alabama helps quarterbacks, but... If you just watch some of his throws, you can see that Bryce Young is a different talent when it comes mm-hmm. to quarterbacks. You know, that have been, you know, if you go that throw, the, the touchdown throw for John Metchie, you know, um, in that Georgia game, just just beautiful. You know how, how he composes himself in the pocket. You know, he's, I, you can just watch his footwork sometimes, and it's just it just looks. He looks like an NFL. Obviously, he's still got a lot to learn, but you can see that he's destined to be the number one pick. And obviously, it's crazy to think that like. Georgia, no, uh, sorry, an Alabama player going number one, you know, like in, in, in yeah. the draft. But yeah, I think I think you were right. I think I still think Bryce Young would have been the rightful winner. Like I know Kenny Pickett's had a fantastic year, but that Georgia game, it just nailed it for me. You know, I think um, the big one, like uh, I saw a few people talking about on Twitter, and I agreed with. Obviously, I know CJ Stroud had a good back end of the year, but obviously the the linebacker for um, Alabama um, will. Uh, Will Anderson, a lot of people wanting him to be in there. He's had a fantastic year, hasn't he, Will Anderson? I suppose there's too many, you can't have too many. Um, <laughs> take everything already, but yeah, um, I feel for Kenny Pickett. He got, he, I think he picked up the quarterback award in the, um, I always forget these award names and stuff that they do through there. There's that many of them, but I think yeah. he picked the, the quarterback award and they normally do that, don't they? So that were a, a nod to him, but yeah. Yeah, not about yourself, but I agree. I agree with Brasher. Yeah, you're right. The Georgia game, like I said, and then you you tacked on was just that was the the stamp mark that was like, well, this is this done here. This is Bryce Young has shown in his first year what he's got, and you're right. His pocket presence and his foot movement is already NFL ready. The the rest will come with you know maturity and progression that Nick Saban and Alabama will will provide as they do to other prospects. But when you watch him, it's his command of the pocket not just his presence but his awareness in the pocket and command of it he almost makes the pocket move to where he wants it which is it is phenomenal in itself so <clears throat> we will uh, we'll see what happens next year with the Bama QB another quarterback Penn State's Sean Clifford is going to return to the program for the 2022 season George he announced that on Friday have what do you make of this and have you seen any more since then um obviously as college football fans Obviously, I'm a Pac-12 fan. I try and keep up with as much as I can. I've been doing SEC writing. I don't know a lot, but I know on what I've seen from people, I don't think he had... I think he picked up at the back end, but he's not... He hasn't had the best of seasons, so maybe he's no, staying but... on just to... Um, I don't I don't know what, what class money is. Is he um, is it a, he's going to be a senior year? I'm not, I'm not 100%, but... <sighs> It's weird the quarterback situation because there's so there's that many quarterbacks in the transfer portal. It's it's, it's weird to see one stay stay in there at the moment. I know. I mean, you talk about quarterbacks in the transfer portal. It's come out. I don't know whether it was today or yesterday that Bo Nix is going to be transferring yeah. as a transgrad transfer grad. So I just I don't really understand what a graduate transfer means compared to entering the transfer portal, George. Any idea on that? 
Ash, I know you're not watching right now. I wish you were. If you can help us out at some point or anybody, that would be useful. But what does that mean for, for Bo Nix and, and Auburn as well? Yeah, this is it. You know, um, I mentioned earlier, earlier, like when we first started, we mentioned Utah, Charlie Brewer. Looks like he might be going to Liberty, you know, obviously with Malik, Malik Willis, like going off to the NFL. <laughs> so, um, and he's he's in the same position, you know, like I think it's his, with this COVID thing, it's, it's I'm sure it's his like, it's six or seventh year. So it's like, you've got that extra eligibility and stuff, but it's, yeah, it's this is, we need Ash. We need Ash when it comes to stuff like this. It's, it's, <laughs> it blows my mind too much. Like I, like I say, I think we're in the same boat of like only watching it for like the third, mm. four, three or four years, and like so many layers to it. And, that, oh, and then yeah, just, this, this new stuff when it comes to COVID. It's like, well, I'm just trying to get to grips with everything else here. Oh, oh, tell me about it. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like you think you've got a a, a mere morsel of college football understood, and it's like, no, actually, we're going to change that as well. So you now know nothing. Oh my goodness me. Um, final bit of news, my boy from the, uh, I, I, I didn't want to mention this too much, but the five-yard showdown winning team, Drake London, USC wideout, is going to forge, forego his senior campaign and declare for the 2022 NFL draft. He announced that on Wednesday. I'm unsure on how his ankle recovery is going. Haven't seen anything about that, but I think it's a great move. And Drake London, uh, depending on if he can get to a pro day or perhaps compete at the combine that could be massive for drake london with what we saw this year before the injury yeah i think that's it you know the way they performed before the injury i think that that's what it all comes down to you know like if it were maybe a mediocre season like he carried that usc team early on you know yeah. <laughs> for most of it and who knows if he carried on with them figures at the end of the season who knows what it was he would have been picking up but i think like you said because he started so well and i think it got to halfway through the season I think it's a good move because if he can get to a combine, they've seen the, the, the skills that he's got. And if he can put on a show there as well, he will be a high wide receiver. No no doubt. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. He's got everything you want as an NFL wide out for me. I'd, I'd draft him really high. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Right. Let's talk some transfers, George. First of all, LSU quarterback Max Johnson announced on Tuesday that he will be entering the transfer portal leaving new head coach Brian Kelly a headache at the position with Miles Brennan also entering the transfer portal. So although Brian Kelly has moved to LSU, he doesn't seem to have a signal caller right now. Um, it's, 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 we've, we mentioned, like I say, with all these black players, you know, like and coaches and quarterbacks on the transfer portal, all the coaches are moving around. Everyone's like, I mean, obviously I don't want to spoil too much for like later on with the decommit news and stuff, recruitment corner. Um, but it's changing so much and um, obviously Max Johnson, these players might end up coming back, you, know, you never know. But I did see somewhere, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, or today or yesterday, sorry, unless I can see the future. Um, <laughs> I think they have signed um, a 2020, is it a 2023 recruit, I think, LSU. Um, it, it only, I, only re I only know because I saw Brian Kelly on this little promo video dancing around. I've got, I've got um, I think we might, Touch on Brian Kelly when we get to to the um, to, to the to managers moving around. So um, I'll, I'll leave it for now on my point on Brian Kelly. No, but, no, I yeah. mean you, you're talking Brian Kelly. Go for it. We can always touch back on it later or just remove it. So if we're going to talk about it, go for it, George. But... It was just the fact that, like, obviously he was at Notre Dame, fantastic, fantastic coach. You know, under limitations with recruiting, but. 
has he just become more cringier? Like, I don't remember him being like this. Uh, <laughs> you know, of all this stuff. You, you must have seen the video of him talking in a, in a southern accent, you know, down at the game, yeah. in the basketball game. And now, if you, if you go and watch this video where he's got this quarterback that he's just signed, I'm sure it's 2023 class, he's dancing around. He's like, how old is he in his late 50s? Uh, you know, early 60s, you know, and he's dancing around and it's just so embarrassing. He... Like, he's just changed. He's got down to LSU and he's a changed man. Do you think it's to do with, like, he feels he's got to go down there and be vibrant and southern and, and stuff like that. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what it is. It's it's it's, it's weird. It's <laughs> I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. Stocks. It's he shouldn't. I don't know if he thinks if he's going down there and acting like this, it like it, it's more of a it can pull the fans on it on his side and stuff and like get them on board early on, but. If I'm an LSU fan, like, well, suppose if you do, oh, at the end of the day, if he gets results, it won't matter, will it? But it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird start to his tenure in yeah. LSU. It's not even really properly started. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens down there for sure. Jaden Hazelwood has announced via the Twitter sphere that he is transferred from Oklahoma to Arkansas for the 2022 season. Hazelwood is likely going to step straight into the role left by the big dog, Traylon Burks, who is a highly anticipated 2022 NFL draft pick, George. Big news this for not only Oklahoma, who are hemorrhaging at every position, but for Arkansas as well. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting one, um, because I was like to say, Traylon Burks, another fantastic wide receiver who got going. I think, um, like I say, I, I, don't, I haven't watched a lot of Oklahoma, but what I know about Hazelwood is he is a good wide receiver, you know, a, bit, a big guy. I think he was the number one prospect in 2019, wide receiver prospects out of the 2019 um, recruitment class. But I think, obviously, it was just it's just a packed, um, a packed room at Oklahoma. Maybe he didn't get as much snaps, and maybe this could be a, a big move for him, you know, like, um, obviously, KJ Jefferson's still there. Could be a big move for him before stepping into the draft himself, you know, and... Um, you know, obviously, like I said, Traylon Burks going, there's going to be more more targets from there potentially than um, at Oklahoma. Yeah, and Oklahoma just seems to be every time they open the door, somebody runs out and escapes to somewhere else. So huge news for for Jaden Hazelwood there. So this one, Ash, I wish you were here for this. Reports have come out. I saw it today on Twitter that uh, Quinn Ewers, former Ohio State quarterback, Quinn Ewers has signed with the Texas Longhorns after a tweet today. Now, this is all old news on this doc. The doc says reports have come out that he's entered the transfer portal and it's been been a week, George, of some speculation and then now all of a sudden we've got the the Texas Longhorns. Is it it the Longhorns or or is it somebody else? Um, It looks like it's the Longhorns, um, I'd say. Wrong I, I've got I've got a feeling, Jord, if you've got your phone to hand, I think it's Texas A&M. I don't think it's the Longhorns. Because um, who says Reckham? I'm sure it's I'm sure it's I'm sure it's A&M. You might have had me fool on Twitter. I thought I, I thought I'd seen him in a Texas Longhorn thing for some no, reason. I am a hundred percent sure that this bit of Ash's old news has thrown us under the bus. I'm sure it's A&M. I'm sure Quinn Ewers has signed with A&M. But anyway, whilst you're looking that up, Jord. I will move on. Clemson duo quarterback Tayson Fomachak. What is that about? George, have you seen this dude's name? Fom Fomachancha? Yeah, I was hoping you pronounced it when I saw it on, on the doc. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you don't ask me. Um, 
So this this Tayson P fella from Clemson quarterback and wide receiver Frank Ladson Jr. are both entering the transfer portal. Ladson started the first four games of this year before missing the last seven of the season. Before as he went under he went under the knife for groin surgery. And then uh, Foma Chan Foma Chan was the backup to DJU and has decided that DJU is going to win that job out probably now after a shaky start to the season. And so he's he's looking to move on. Uh, before we talk about Clemson, George, have you got the Quinn Ewers news? ESPN is saying it's lo- the Longhorns. It is the Longhorns. Okay. You and me doubting myself. Like, I follow the Longhorns, but like I'm still doubting myself now, even though I'm here on ESPN. You can go in and say, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, but, um, I'm, I'm well, still I not do, sure. I do know that, obviously, he is going. <laughs> Whichever Texas team it is, he is going. And I think, like you mentioned there with um, DJ at Q, uh, QB at Clemson, he probably thinks, I'm not, like I say, I'm not, te- te- we'll call him Tayson, probably thinks he's um, not going to see any action. And Quinn Ewers is probably presently surprised how well CJ Stroud has done. Maybe thought he could take him. This is the thing, like, do you, do you think that it were like a good move from Quinn Ewers to come out early and, like, um, you know, to think, because obviously he's, he's made a ton of money already before he throwing a ball, hasn't he, in college, you know, and then yeah. obviously, because I think I saw a report somewhere that in Texas it's not the same No, uh, when it comes to the money-wise and obviously is that the thing where it's gone, well, I'll take the money and if, I, if I've if i got a chance to get in, brilliant. If not, I can move on, it seems. Yeah. Like. And obviously, it, I'm not saying he said that, maybe someone in his ear has, has said that. Yeah, it's, it's essentially a year of free money, isn't it? It's, it's, it's what it is. And with the... Uh, uh, name, image, and likeness in Texas. I don't think you can claim it as a high school quarterback, so or athlete. Sorry, just the whole of Texas. So, with coming out a year early, going to Ohio, he's, he's signed deals already. He's making money, and obviously, he isn't going to. We all knew that room was absolutely stacked. So, it, it is Texas. He Quinn Ewers tweeted eighteen hours ago. Um, hey, Amazon device. I'm not going to say the name because mine will go off. Take me to Texas by at George Strait and then it put hashtag Hookem. So there you go. Quinn Ewers is off to the Longhorns. We were right all along. Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez has announced his intention to enter the transfer pool. Martinez will have one year of eligibility remaining for 2022. He ranks second in career passing yards and has the fourth most rushing yards in school history with 45 touchdowns in four seasons. Hadn't didn't have the best year, Adrian Martinez at Nebraska, George. No, no, he didn't. Um, <clears throat> he should be really struggled, really struggled there. And um, hopefully, maybe pastures new before he goes off. In if he fancies himself like it was a late pick in the NFL, maybe boost it, you know, move him up the draft board. But I know that he, um, I think he did visit a few other schools, but I know he visited um, California, you know, Cal, and I think he committed there um, back in 2017 and stuff. So, um, That'll be a one to watch, you know. I think um, Chase Garbers is at California at the moment, and I, don't, I think he's not, still not come out if he's committed if he's entering the twenty twenty draft. So that could be a factor with him. But I know he's definitely visually Cal, and and I think he's got a few other schools, maybe Kansas State, or something in there as well. So I don't think he's given a decision yet. Obviously, where he's going, but fresh. But sometimes um, fresh starts can can be a good thing, you know. New new um, new scheme, new coach, but. It can also be a bad thing. Look at Charlie Brewer. I keep throwing him out. I've thrown him under a bus a few times now. <laughs> but yeah. 
The same can be said for Cam Rising, right? Exactly the same situation, and that worked out well. I've just had a quick look for Adrian Martinez news. Jordan and uh, Cow are also linked with Taysom P from Clemson. I'm going to ask Ash for a clear up on that pronunciation next week. Ash, if you're listening, get ready for it because it is coming. We will start the show with it. And then moving on, we talked about Jake Hayner last week, Fresno State quarterback. He has withdrawn from the transfer portal a week after following the decision that Fresno State were going to bring back Jeff Tedford as their head coach for the 2022 season. He was previously the head coach for Fresno before stepping down in 2019 for health-related reasons. But Jake Hayner was going to leave and now he's back at Fresno State, Jordan. Yeah, obviously, um, like we said, we mentioned before we came on air that Kalen DeBoer, you know, the Fresno State um, coach came over to to my team, Washington, and obviously not long after Jake Hayner entered the transfer portal, everyone, the rumours were circling around and it looked up for everyone's money that they were going to follow him to back to Washington where he actually where he came where he came from he actually moved from Washington so like he was going to do a full circle but obviously he must have good good relationship with Jack with Jeff Tedford unless he's talked to him after and he's um, looks like he's he's heading back there you know and uh, yeah he had a great great season with Fresno State this year were fantastic I remember him in the UCLA game where he were, he were playing with I think about two ribs still intact <laughs> And one leg and still managed to 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 beat the Bruins, you know, in late on with some fantastic throws. So, yeah, great great season for him, and obviously another good season. You know, there could be a big thing for him going forward. Yeah, absolutely. USC quarterback Caden Slovis is entering the transfer portal. Absolutely no surprise here with Lincoln Riley's incoming squad that he's bringing with him. Shall we say? Keaton Slovis was never going to cut the mustard with the, the the new hierarchy. So entering the portal is definitely a good move for Slovis. Yeah, um, and I think he it looks like he were he got beaten out at the back end of the year. Obviously, he came in a few times and stuff by Jackson Dart, another a promising quarterback. So you don't want like, <laughs> Rody behind him. So you see, like you said, more artillery coming over. Probably a good thing to get out and try and find um, a starting position, hopefully somewhere. Plenty of them out there at the moment. Yeah, there is. But there's also plenty of people out there in looking for those starting roles. So we saw it with the coaches, which we're going to talk to in a, about in a little bit. But yeah, there's plenty of quarterback starting places that are open and plenty of people to fill those positions. Right, George, let's talk some recruitment corner. I don't know what your recruitment is like. or well, This is Ash's bag, really. I My high school knowledge is minuscule to nothing. So Ash, once again... I hope you're beating those goblins. Let's get you back safe. Let's enjoy Christmas together. Wednesday's only two days away, Rush Nation. He will be back. Starting at LSU, they've lost two Johnsons in the same week. week. Max Johnson's brother and 2022 four-star tight end Jack, Jake Johnson has announced his com- decommitment from the program. Johnson is the number one tight end in the 2022 class and once again will be a hot committee in the recruiting pool. So LSU are, even with <laughs> Brian Kelly there, uh, are struggling to keep hold of talent. Yeah, I think when you, when obviously you're going to, you reel off these recruitment um, decommits, um, it's no surprise that a lot of them are from teams who've got new managers or managers who've maybe recruited them um, have, have left, you know, um, head coaches, sorry. And um, 
yeah, follow you, you, you get a relationship with a head coach who's recruited you, you know, and obviously yeah. like you see, like you mentioned with USC, a few of them have followed him out. Obviously, Max Johnson, you know, they might they might end up bouncing back. You never know; it's a long way. You know, how many times do we see it over the summer where people they come here, they come back, they, they go elsewhere, they, they they commit somewhere else, and they end up coming back. You know, so it's when it comes to certainly like the USC ones, you'd think they'd stay following Lincoln Riley, but over you just you just don't know. You just got to don't get. I've, I've been burnt a lot of times by getting excited when the four or five star <laughs> the Huskies and then end up going somewhere else anyway. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. A lot of these decommits are, are Oklahoma related, should we say, because five-star defensive line Gabriel Brenlo Dindy has flipped his commitment from Oklahoma to Texas A&M. We all know that Texas A&M build beastie defensive lines, and with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, this is no surprise. Uh, Brownlow Dindy marks the fifth decommitment from the Sooners since Lincoln Riley's exit to USC, and I can't say for certain that this won't be the last George. No, no, it's um it's a long old way to go to try and hold on to hold on to what you've got and it's and as soon as I'm guessing like I feel like as soon as a few people go, the other people will be looking thinking, well, if they're going, what's good for them? Is it good for me as well, you know, but We'll still see. Like it's it's gonna be interesting, you know, for, for Oklahoma obviously with the SEC and everything like that, you know, it's uh I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be an Oklahoma fan at the moment. It's, it must be worrying times. Yeah, I mean, if you are an Oklahoma fan, listening, come at us and sat at Five Yard College or uh, at George M eighty seven. If you want to talk to either us on Twitter about being an Oklahoma fan and and what your current perspective is, because you know Oklahoma have announced their new head coach. We'll talk to it right now. It's a former defensive Clemson defensive coordinator Terry Venables. He was there for 13 years as an assistant from 99 to 2011 before leading, leaving to take the Clemson job. The draw of a returning assistant as now head coach, George, doesn't appear to have the effect of keeping recruits because five-star running back Relique Brown is heading to USC with Lincoln Riley. He was the second-ranked running back in the country. He was previously committed to Oklahoma, but Lincoln Riley left. He's taken his... his uh, second rank running back with him and you know Terry Venables hasn't hasn't done enough here to keep neither Gabriel Brown or Dindy or Malik Brown. Yeah this is like obviously I don't know obviously it's your neck of the woods the ACC but I've heard good things about him as a coach but when you become head coach obviously I know you've got your recruiting team but that's this is where you, you make your big money you know you you're expected to do so much more. It's so hard to do, and um, it's only early, you know. Like obviously, these he- these guys' heads might have been turned before even he came in, and he's got a lot of work to do, you know. Obviously, he might not be able to keep these players, but he's got to move on and try and look at the next people going forward, you know, like in the twenty-three, you know, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four class, and it's like I said, it's Woody in town. From they need they need to get back on back back onto it again and look because obviously they're moving to the SEC this you know back then they need to recruit even harder than they were then and yeah. obviously you're losing players it's not it's it's that's what I meant by it. it's Woody and going into the SEC you know it's, it's the Giants you're recruiting where you know he needs to get a lid on Oklahoma in the Oklahoma area really and um, start from there and of course it's going to be hard work. 
It's going to be really <laughs> hard work. Yeah, I mean, Clemson have lost, uh, not only have they lost Venables, they've also lost Elliot and, Elliot and Radikovic down to Miami as the athletic director. So there's some, some huge moves for for the Clemson staff and Dabo Sweeney's got some, some big time work there to do because apparently they're going to promote from within, but you know, Dabo Sweeney's not great at bringing talent from elsewhere. He very much had to with Venables and Elliot because his job was on the line. So are we going to see, are we going to see him hopefully get into bringing people in or I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Interesting at Clemson. Five-star offensive tackle Kevin Banks Jr. George, this is you, Pac-12 baby, has decommitted from the Oregon Ducks in the wake of the Mario Cristobal news. Banks has since committed to the Longhorns for the 2022 recruiting class. Big-time loss for the Oregon Ducks, this. Yeah, he's um, one of the standout, you know, like players in, in, in that in that um, recruiting class in general, you know, and um, it's a massive loss for Oregon. But again, he's um, followed, obviously not followed him to the, to the team, but obviously you know, Cristobal's probably done the work on him. And but when someone leaves like that, you know, it's like these kids are young, you know, um, it's obviously, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, they've got people in their ear. These kids are young, you know, they, they see these these like coaches as like they talk to them and they're using all these like words to get them over and stuff and they become like a family kind of like early on you know there's like a trust level and when that guy goes you know it's like well this is the guy who got me in here like i, I don't even know this new guy who's coming in yeah. so is it best for me to, to to move on and um obviously that's what kevin banks jr has done you know and i don't know if he opened it up to, to other places in texas longhorns well, the obviously Arcusians, um sweet talks him into coming to Texas. <laughs> yeah, and then we we see exactly the same thing down in Florida with four star quarterback Nick Evers decommitting from the program, and as we opened his recruiting process, and that could be the same thing again. Head coach leaves, new person in, and it's all a world of I don't know you, I don't know what you're bringing to the program. You weren't one of the reasons I was coming, perhaps. So it's it. I I don't remember the last couple of years Jordan coaching carousel with effects like this for the last few years at least in college football I don't know maybe you'll you go back slightly further than me what do you think is this is this madness already and the season has even finished before the next one's began or where are we at yeah I, I don't remember it being as mad as it's just I can't I know that it's a different way over the last year year, year or so you know with the transfer portal how it works but you know, obviously before you could you had to sit out here sometimes you know and like obviously it's not like that anymore so it was expected to be a bit more crazy but the coach is is a big surprise yeah it's i think this football's just mad at the moment isn't it let's be you know it's, it's just no, crazy everything's crazy yeah. it's great it <laughs> yeah i mean i i haven't seen any any or much or any nfl this season you know with my focus being so on college and stuff and then you you listen to some some of my friends in the group chat you know the five yard chat everyone's talking about the nfl being mad and and, and scores and stuff in that and i just think it's it we had the covid year last year didn't we with what we all considered to be a, an anomaly for instance and 
I think there's been more COVID impact this season in the NFL, especially than last season with, with new strains and protocols and stuff being in place now, as opposed to hastily added last year. It's, the NFL sounds just as mad as, <laughs> as the college season is. And it, it, it's going to be something to monitor, I think, going forward. This isn't going to be something perhaps that we thought was flashing the pan. And I'm not saying that as a fleeting statement on COVID. I'm saying that the madness that is created by having something like COVID. And it's the same with the transfer portal. You mentioned it, you know, having to sit out. Now, with the addition of the COVID situation, players are transferring mid-season and just getting eligibility from the NCAA to play straight away or in a week or so. And so it's basically open season. And now we've got that added bonus for us as fans of coaches going bananas decommits going bananas it's just it's just the, the banana party all over the place essentially I mean it's one of the worst analogies I've ever used Jordan I'm sorry you had to hear it but yeah absolute madness we, we talk about madness let's touch on the I say touch let's dive right into coach's corner because it seems like as soon as one thing happens it's no we're going to do bigger than you we're going to make a bigger announcement this is going to happen and we're going to bring back someone in the case of Miami you know there are huge rumours over the last weekend about Manny Diaz leaving and then he was fired early last Monday. Um, and then lots of rumours about Pac-12. Here we go again. Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal was their head coach. You know, I think he's got a brother in the Miami police force down in Miami and was, was a player. I think he was an offensive line player down at Miami, Jordan. That they've dragged him back down to the U. He's going to 10-year deal with an average salary of $8 million a season. That seems pretty much standard now for college coaches. We're going to give you $10 million, uh, 10 years, around $8 million. Let's see what happens after two. It's, it's, it's crazy, right? Yeah, it was... Uh, it were, yeah, I didn't like how... I didn't like how this went out. Like first and foremost, at Mario Cristobal, fantastic appointment for Miami. Yep. You know um, his recruitment side. Obviously, it's it's um, it's going to be different going out of Miami. But if he can recruit down there the way he's done for Oregon and different places, it, Miami could be a force really early. You know, um, obviously, yep. we, obviously, like you say, you're the ACC man, and um, it's obviously Clemson are not the team they want. But obviously, on on Miami sides, you've got Pitt who won it this year and um, pick it going, you know, it's there to be won that side. And so in that aspect, it's fantastic for Cristobal if he can get going down there. He's, he's you know, he's a good coach, you know, obviously it didn't work out how he wanted this year, but he is a good coach. And apparently Oregon offered, these were the rumours that they offered, they offered him 8 million. I think, I think it were less years, it might have been five or six years, offered him the same amount, but he's turned that down. So like you said, Stocks is obviously an ex- Miami player, he's, um, he's coached there before. But what I got out of this, it was just I thought it was just really horribly handled from Miami. You know, like I say, rumors are rumors. But I, what I saw is that they were talking to Mario Cristobal while um, the the coach Manny Diaz was out in the field recruiting. <laughs> they were talking to him and like, and obviously then the rumors saying, "Oh, if we don't get Cristobal, says no, we'll keep Manny Diaz." So again, rumors are rumors, like I said, and then we don't know if this is true. But if it is. How it, if that's how it went down, it's it's horrible, really. Isn't it? For yeah, like, we were touching on it soon that Manny Diaz has got a new job anyway, which is good for him. But it wasn't wasn't pretty down there how they, how they handled it by by the looks of it. No, it wasn't. But that that by the sounds of it, from like you say, the rumours of Manny Diaz being out in the field, and not only that, from 
how I've heard that the university uh, athletic department and head of athletics are, are wanting to proceed with things like this. It, it just seems that Diaz was on borrowed time anyway. Uh, um, even with the new AD coming in, it's it's going to be interesting times. But like you say, Mario Cristobal, he, he's got the draw. If he can get the recruiting like he did at Oregon down, especially when you think about how they they used to be based predicated on the defense in Miami and you know the takeaway chain and the, we are the U and all that business. And then they, I think with the Eric King this season, not not I guess performing to the level that he perhaps wanted and Miami wanted they they've they've touched not touched on but they've found a quarterback who can really play football in Tyler Van Dyke and I think that is a huge coup for Mario Cristobal when you think you take a new job and you've already got the quarterback who's you know Van Dyke's a freshman he's he's moldable he's in his first year and he's good so for Cristobal to land on that is a huge coup for him and, and a stepping stone in the right direction already. So, you know, we'll, we'll stay with the Oregon connection. They've confirmed Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning as their new head coach. George Lanning will remain with the Bulldogs for the 2021 playoffs before joining up with the Ducks. Is this a good move for an Oregon team who's losing some key defensive places pieces? Although they have got Justin Flo, who are the, is the highest rated linebacker in, in that recruiting class. So there's a piece to build around for, for the DC or he, new head coach even. Obviously, d- defensive coaching wise, fantastic pickup. You know, um, it's uh, it can only be a good thing. You know, what, what he's done with George, that George defence is, um, is brilliant. <laughs> but, uh, I think you've undersold it, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I probably have to be fair. I, it's probably because Tom's watched. I don't want to. I don't want to big him up too much. You know, I mean, <laughs> his first year as a Georgia Bulldog, he's having it all, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a it's a big step up again. It's the next level, you know. Obviously, are we going to a big team in the Pac-12? You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that he can't do it, but obviously, there's always concerns when someone. But that's what you have to do. You know, you, you they've obviously interviewed and they've seen what they, they, they like what they're seeing him. And obviously, he's got, he, as a new coach comes in, there's always going to be help with recruiting from the, the people from the side, but he's going to be part of it. But if, if that can all go right, it, it could be a good pick. I would say he's, he's, he's proven as, as a defensive coordinator, you know, and so the next step is head coach. And let, let, let's, it's one of them, let's see, you know, is um, it could be a fantastic appointment. It's we, will, we might be talking about it next year, at the end of next year, and see where we are with him. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned indeed. Right, we just talked about Manny Diaz being fired. That was about five minutes ago, George. He's not been unemployed for long. The former Miami head coach has been announced as the new Penn State defensive coordinator. And that is because Brent Pry, former DC at Penn State, has been announced as my Virginia Tech Hokies head coach. Good news for Miami, Manny Diaz getting a job so quick. And I think Brent Pry brings a viciousness to the defence that Virginia Tech lacked this year, having seen it in previous years past. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Talking about Brent Pry first, another like, defensive coordinator who's done brilliantly with Penn State defence. You know, it's, it's not the defence that's um, been um, underperforming at Penn State. They've been, they've been great. And obviously, Manny Diaz, we just spoke about him. Obviously, he's got big shoes to fill going in, you know, in there, you know, what, what, 
what Pryor's done with that defence, you know. So, yeah, it's... Um, I hope Pryor does well at Virginia Tech. I know, obviously, you do too. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I, I think I, I have a, I have an inkling that it, it will it will get that defense play well. They're, they're a weird team, Virginia Tech. Like like sometimes they like some weeks they look unbelievable, don't they? And it's like yeah. these big scalps, and then it's like that that high is like oh yeah, the ex, what an excellent team, an excellent performance, and then teams they should be beating. It's just they just crash come crash. I don't know if they can they just pick themselves up for the big games. It's a strange one. It is a weird one because like you think Justin Fuente, if he Hendon Hooker we saw this year absolutely ball out and that guy's obviously got he's gonna be NFL I think he could be the Mac Jones of the draft this year. I think he's got all the tangibles you want as an NFL quarterback and if he lands in the right place, boom, thanks for coming. He could be a steal and I think for somebody as offensively minded as Fuente not to be able to use Hendon Hook in a way that's effective just showed maybe it was he had a season too long at VT. And I, I'm a massive fan of this Brent Pry move. I think it could be it could be delightful. If they can get another corner, not as good as Caleb Farley, because before Caleb Farley had his second back injury, he was one of the best corners we've seen in a long, long time. And if they can get somebody to 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 bolster that secondary. They've got some really nice pieces, so watch out for this Hokies team next year is all I'm saying. Notre Dame has promoted defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman to head coach role, who replaces Brian Kelly, as we mentioned. OC Tommy Rees will also be starting after turning down, staying, sorry, after turning down the opportunity to move to LSU with Kelly. So Notre Dame are keeping some big pieces, Jordan, keeping the team from within, which is good for them because... We've seen this year that they've, they're a pretty good ball team. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know much about Marcus Freeman, but what I have seen since he's been appointed is he's a, he's a player's man. Isn't he? You can see how much he's loved there and um, the respect he's got there. And that's always, it's always going to be a good start in it. You know, it's yeah. um, obviously, like I said, what I've read, it looks like he's done a fantastic job there. So it's not, it's always good to see someone from inside get, get appointed up and hopefully, um, it was a good job with Notre Dame, and like I said, just just missed out this year the way it went on the last day. Yeah, it made it easier for the ranking for the um, college ranking team because they didn't have to worry about anything else. Obviously, them not having a championship game didn't help, but maybe next year they can um, can go that one step further than they did this year with uh, Marcus Freeman. Be a good yep. start. Yep, absolutely. Colorado State have hired Nevada's head coach Jane Orvell. The Rams moved very quickly in replacing Steve Adazio, who was fired last Thursday. Jordan, I've not seen anything on this. Do you have any more, or are you as blind as I am? I think it looks like, um, like even though that Colorado State had had, had um, the worst, um, not not as good a season as Nevada, it looks like it's. I'm not saying that it's. I'm, I'm just saying it's not. I'm not saying it's money oriented definitely, but he is financially better off from this offer. <laughs> but obviously. The team itself is financially better, so he can probably work, he can do more things there, you know, and um, yeah, and um, maybe put himself out there. I know he's he's, he's you're never too old. Look at Pete Carroll in the in, at Seattle. You're never too old to be a head coach, but obviously at 58, maybe this could be a good season or two. Here could be his last chance to get into a Power Five job. And obviously, with more financial backing, it, it can be a lot easier. But he did a fantastic job with Nevada, obviously. Players like Carson Strong and Romeo Dubes under him who are going to be good um, prospects in the NFL draft this year. Like I'm, I 
not, I think Carson Strong's going to, I'm guessing Romeo Dukes is going to, but yeah, he has done well, he's fantastic, fantastic there at a small, I'm sure if there's Nevada fans watching or listening, you know, I apologise, I'm not saying you're a small school, but he was <laughs> smaller school than others and he's done really well for Nevada in the Maryland West this year. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. I think they could be losing their running back and tight end as well at Nevada, which would be crazy yeah. for them to lose that amount of talent in one offensive draft. It would be, it would be crazy. Right, George Hugh Jackson. Remember that name? Surely you must do. Former NFL head coach Hugh Jackson has been announced as the new head coach for Grambling State. Ash has thrown that in there. I think that is literally a title news. Good for Hugh Jackson, I suppose, getting back into a head coaching role. Let's see how Grambling State progress next season. Okay, George, we've covered all the news. We've talked some Pac-12 championship games. We're getting close towards the end of the pod. There's a lot of scores. We are now nine days removed from championship weekend. I imagine everybody has listened to other podcasts, watched videos, watched the games, know the scores. What were your favourite moments from Championship Weekend, Jordan? Have you got anything apart from getting up in the middle of the night to watch Pack Twelve after dark? Anything else? Anything else you enjoyed from the weekend? Uh, that first, obviously, they were the first game on Oklahoma State Baylor on Saturday, but that were that were a fun game. <laughs> I, re- I really enjoyed that game, and uh, Baylor, you know, it were it was um, a great win for them. You know, um, over Oklahoma State, and I, I, to be honest, with you, I thought Oklahoma State we were going to going to win and make make it a bit of a headache for the college playoff. Um, the people who do the um, top four, <laughs> yeah. that's what I mean. That, that one thing that happened on Championship Week. Obviously, there were some great games, you know, Alabama, Georgia, but the, it became when the, when it came around on Sunday, and it, obviously they had the announcement for the the four teams who were going to make it into the playoff. We all knew who it were going to be. It made it very, very easy for, for the teams. It just was, where was Alabama going to be and where were Georgia going to be? You know, that was the only, the only, the issues that were going to, well, I say small issues. Yeah, a lot of people thought it were going to be Alabama one. But, it, may, it were annoying, really. It made it very easy for them, didn't it? <laughs> it yeah. a bit of drama, you know, but there were some good games, like I said, that were a fantastic game. Cincinnati, um, a very good Houston team, you know, like that's that's a a good result, you know. Um, yeah, but that was close, you know. That, that was really close until Cincinnati pulled away late in the second. I mean, that that was no walkover for Cincinnati, and there, there was some really good games. I mean, the Utah State Aggies absolutely destroyed SDSU after having such a good coming. season. Did, did not see that coming. I no. thought Diego State would be winning that all day. I thought they'd just dominate on the run game and. Just in, you know, and Utah State did fantastically well. They've had a good season. You, like I said, they've had a good season. But I just thought San Diego State were were the better team. But it just shows you when it comes becomes to a one game shootout, anything can happen. You know, no matter what's yeah. going on. Yeah, any given Saturday, as the slightly changed wording would suggest, you know, it, it can happen. We've seen it. We got the games where, like the Utah game, you mentioned it. We're not surprised, but. The scoreline was more of a surprise than we thought. The Alabama scoreline was more, you know, Georgia gave up absolutely no points in the regular season and then give up 41 to Alabama. It, it, it just, it was a, a result that our boy Jake was very happy with and, and Tom not so much. And you're right, it was, it was a weekend that made it very, very easy for the ranking committee to say, you're one to four. 
it didn't really matter who was two and three because they were playing each other anyway. And I, I don't think they were going to want to see Georgia Alabama again in the semifinals. They want that matchup in the final. So whether Georgia were two or three, it was going to be Cincy at four, Bama at one, and then pick your poison with two and three. So it it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic two games of football for the playoff because Michigan Georgia is going to be frighteningly abusive. Like we all know the game plan. Michigan are going to want to run that ball down Georgia's throat, and can Georgia stop them doing it? It's going to be, it's going to be brilliant to watch. Do you think? Obviously, we had the the Army Navy game in the weekend just gone, Georgia. I don't know if you saw any of that. Did you see any of it? No. It's like a traditional game of this year in college football. It's one that a lot of people watch, and uh, I apologize. I apologize. I did not participate in the, no, no. Uh, in the Armed Forces Bowl by watching it. If, if you know anything about college betting, you'll know that service games are terribly low scoring. Um, back the under, always, always back the under. This under was 33 and a half at kickoff, George, which shows you just how low this scoring game was going to be. The good thing about the Army-Navy game is the uniforms are always absolutely ridiculously good because every year both teams uh, celebrate a division of either the Navy or the Army and the uniform's different. And Navy's uniform this year, I can't remember who they were uh, representing from the Navy side of the armed forces, but just go and look at the navy uniform from it's unbelievable the helmet and the navy blue of the uniform is is i think it's up there as one of my favorite uniforms from this year and the army one's good as well because it's all desert camo and they've all got the same thing on the back so it's very difficult to tell the players apart but yeah it was uh it finished finished about three nothing to navy in the end no navy were seven point underdogs and they went in and got the win i think they won by seven or ten in the end and it stayed under the 33. Um, there was only 10 points scored in the second half. So it was a very low-scoring affair. But the good, the best thing about the Army-Navy game is the the beginning. You get the flyover and all the pomp and the, the walk-ins and the fireworks. And it is a truly spectacular spe- spectacle if you want to see that. So, you know, if you are, you've got a hankering for any football now between now and the weekend I think this game's this weekend Jordan am I right some of the bowl games are this weekend yeah there's um, I know Oregon State from Pac-12 are, are, are playing and um, I think the East Carolina Pirates are playing as well yeah it's um, it's like a, a small curtain wet raiser isn't it before the um, before the big ones come yeah it's I don't know how you feel about the bowl games like I do like the bowl game because it's football but it always like I don't know if I'm just being like a typical Yorkshireman where it's like I'm trying to find the negative in it and stuff but we've all like obviously which I understand that like obviously the draft the people who are going in the draft they want to concentrate on that they come out but it kind of like kills it a bit for me but once I get into it I'll, once I, start, I sit down on Saturday or whenever day is I'll, I will get into it but because obviously you've got the, the future like players coming through but yeah I, just, I was listening listening to a really interesting podcast about the bowls and they were saying how back in the day bowls were you get a company like McDonald's, for instance. I don't know whether McDonald's have ever had a bowl, but they they would ask teams very early in the season to come and play in the McDonald's bowl. So you'd get teams that were good at the start of the season. Uh, let's just say Alabama, Georgia, come and play in the McDonald's bowl. 
um, we'll pay you X amount of money. And they both say yes. And then Alabama might be 11 and 1. Georgia might have a terrible season, but you'd get the Alabama Georgia McDonald's Bowl because they both said yes to playing in the bowl. Whereas now it's all done on winning record and stuff like that. And the bowl games are still alive because of the money they draw into each conference. So the bowl games draw in huge money because the money is split amongst the SEC or the Pac 12 and stuff like that. So the bowl games pump huge money into these teams who are. are spending a lot of money traveling to these bowl games and stuff like that. So it's all monetary based. It's all, it's all uh, not a nonsense, but college football can't exist without the bowl games. So it's, it's funny to see how the progression has gone from an advertising to a purely financial savior of the conference. And people are saying, you know, the expanded playoffs, we don't need the bowl games, but you do need the bowl games because some of these teams who wouldn't get into the playoffs, like a San Diego state, a Utah state an Appalachian state, all these teams who are going to bowls wouldn't get to the playoffs. So the money is huge for them. And, and, and that's the reason there's bowl games. And I should probably do a better than Tom, you're our historian. What's happening, man? Get, get involved with the bowl game history and maybe we'll do a pod on it in the off season. I would enjoy that. I don't know whether Rush Nation would or anything. George, have I missed anything from Championship Weekend? Is there anything you're looking forward to this weekend in the undercard for the, for the, for the New Year's Six? Um, obviously, I'll always watch from Pac-12, and um, <laughs> you know, I'll watch Oregon State. And it'll probably be on a silly time. Chat, think who they who, who they're playing now. I know it's not a it's not a tasty one. I think it's um, I'd have to have a look and stuff and everything. But yeah, it's not it's not the it's it's not a, it's not a tasty looking one anyway. But I'll watch it anyway just to it's football in it, you know. So yeah. and just get get ready for the um, the the big the big ones. Obviously, New Year's Day, you know, ball games and. Um, Yes. Onwards from there, that that's always looking forward to. I just throw a quick question out. Um, I, I was going to touch on it earlier, but but Are you asking me a question? Oh, yeah, <laughs> if Oklahoma State would have beat Baylor, do you think Cincinnati would have dropped out, and Oklahoma State would be four? Would they do that to Cincinnati? Would they have done it? I think it depends who you listen to. Like, it would be. I don't think you could. I just don't think you could based on the fact that they beat Houston, remained unbeaten, and beat Notre Dame, who would have only squeaked in if since he lost. I just don't think it... I don't know. I'd like to say no, but I've got this... Like, do you think so? Or... I'm same as you. I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that Cincinnati deserve it, but you know what they're like when they come to rankings. I don't think a lot of us agree with how they rank. I think, again, yeah. this year it's been a bit... Um, it's like uh, one rule for one, one rule for another. It's not like blatant down the like this is how it's going to be. That that's what gets me with like I remember having a conversation with someone on Twitter saying I remember when they were mentioning Ohio State and um, Oregon it was like the head to head, you know, like and they had Oregon ahead saying and they were in the guy was saying oh Ohio State would definitely beat Oregon now and the, and they would the way they were playing they, they definitely would. But Oregon have got the win over them. So how do you rank that? Obviously, sometimes they rank it where it's like, oh, yeah, I think they would beat them. But then they'll go, oh, but they're head to head for them too. So I'll put them ahead. So it never really makes sense. So you never know what you're going to get with it. But what I'm getting at. So mm. I would, I would myself say that Cincinnati definitely deserved it. But you would never know, would you? You never know what they you never know what's going through their head. No. So we need more teams for a playoff, which hopefully we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We will. I think it's coming. It's coming. The uh, George from Friday, December the seventeenth. There is football 
every day up until Christmas Day, baby. I say up until, including Christmas Day. There's two games on Christmas Day. Oregon State are playing Utah State at 12.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Set your alarm, Jord. I'll be up for that. That'd be a good game for um, yeah. say, Utah State. You know, um, Actually, I maybe did it a bit disservice saying that Like, I don't think it's an exciting game. Or I, I was wrong. But um, like I said, there's, there's the, 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 the freshmen and um, the players like... That um, have been on the the fringe will get a few games with people obviously moving on to concentrate on the on the draft and um, with people with injuries. So like, I look forward to. I don't know. If, I don't. Know, BJ Baylor hasn't decided. I love BJ Baylor, the running back. He's <laughs> fantastic running back. I don't know if he's decided to play now. If he's decided to move on to the, I think he's a junior, so I think he will be playing actually. Thinking about it, but yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know whether. Go on. No, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. It's football, isn't it? We we love football, no matter what. I, I, I'm just being, just I'm just being negative. I, I should just embrace it because it's going to be over soon, and then I'll be waiting six or seven months for it all to come back again. Yeah, well, we've got a whole load of prayer profiles to get into, George. So don't worry. There's still going to be a whole load of football once the season's over. Listen, this one's for you, mums and dads out there. If you're putting a mince pie or some sort of drink out on Friday, December the twenty fourth. At midnight, UCF are playing Florida in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Not a name that runs off the tongue easily, that one. But that's a, a huge Florida rivalry. And then at 1 o'clock Christmas morning, Memphis are playing Hawaii. And then if you fancy some evening action at 7.30pm, Georgia State are playing Ball State. So there's football pretty much all day Christmas Day, if you're up late Christmas Eve or up late Christmas Day once you've had your fill, Rush Nation. There's football on. George said it. It's all about the football. Let's just keep watching it. Let's keep talking about it. Let's keep writing about it because, like George said, sooner or later, it's not going to be here until next year. So, man, oh, man, I did not know there was football on Christmas Day. My wife is going to be unhappy with that. Thank you, NCAA. Much love. <laughs> no, George. I think doing some late night rapping on uh, Christmas Eve but it looks right. I think I'll leave it all to then last minute as usual yes that is <laughs> that's dad move 101 right there leave your rapping till late Christmas Eve watch the football with a mince pie and a beverage of whatever you so wish Rush Nation Jord thank you so much for coming on man sorry it was a week late we'll get you on again that was way too much Pac-12 so I'm not sure when but we'll see but I hope you enjoy the game Sunday morning. Where can everybody find you on Twitter if they didn't listen earlier when I gave out your handle? Um, you can find me at JordM87 and all my work over at Five Yard College and Five Yard Rush. You know, I love I love writing for these guys. Fantastic. And also check out all the other fantasy stuff that they do. You know, I've I've, I've been listening to a lot of um, DFS I've got into recently. You know, from the DFS crew, which is another fantastic podcast. And I'm addicted to that now, so thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they're, they're absolutely smashing it over there at the fantasy side. And by the, by the sounds of it, we've got quite a few Scott Fishbowl representatives in the playoffs, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, massive news for Rich and Murph and uh, anyone else who's involved there. So congrats, boys, on getting to the playoffs once again. Rush Nation, this isn't the last time you're going to hear my voice week unfortunately jordan won't be with us on wednesday i say unfortunately we just haven't invited him if if ash hasn't got back from his battle at helms deep then jordan might be drafted in again jordan i'm not saying you're second best just ash hasn't invited you so it's ash it's on ash 
Ash, shame on you. Jordan will be back, Rush Nation. But until Wednesdays, don't forget, Saturdays are for rushing too. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.